Well, kia ora, hello and welcome to the Coast Vineyard Podcast. Whether you're a regular or a first-time listener, it's so good to have you listening in. We hope and pray that wherever you may find yourself at today, that the message that you're about to hear would be helpful for your journey of faith. So without further ado, let's get into this week's message. Well, many, many, many years ago, when Stanley and I had just started dating, we'd been going out for about three months, we went on a bushwalk. Now, for those of you that know me, I'm not a big walker and I'm not a big exerciser. And in fact, in my family, we didn't really walk for fun. Um, we kind of just walked to get places, you know. But um, I thought, you know, still in that trying to impress a mode, and only in that third month, so off we went on this bushwalk. Well, now in my family, a walk is probably about 30 minutes. Maybe turn around at that point, so maybe about an hour. As we were walking, we got to the 30-minute mark, got to the one-hour mark. I turned to him and I said, um, honey, just how long is this walk? He said quite casually, oh, it's about three hours to get there. <laughs> three hours! Now, to be honest with you, I was actually starting to get quite annoyed by this point because this was not how I'd envisaged my day going. I thought, little half an hour bushwalk, will be fun, get to go do something fun. And I'm walking along on this three hour bushwalk, getting angrier and angrier at him. And do you know the worst thing? This is where we were walking to. We weren't even walking anywhere. <laughs> it was like, there wasn't a view, there wasn't sun, there wasn't a seat. It was just literally like a bit of the track. <laughs> to be honest, I exploded at him in anger and frustration. I was like, I don't care if we've only been going out for three months. Like, I am flippin' annoyed. And you know what? We still had three hours to walk back. <laughs> well, we obviously got over that because we have been married coming up 17 years. But this is a story of walking. You know, as I was walking along with Stanley, I was getting angrier and angrier and more hit up and more disappointed. It wasn't how I envisaged my day going until I did finally explode and just let loose of exactly what I thought of his walk. <laughs> now, this is a light example of what we're talking about this morning because what we are talking about this morning is walking through anger pain, grief, disappointment. But in my life, I've seen many parallels on this walk. Sometimes we find ourselves on a walk, on a path that we never asked, on a journey that we never thought we'd end up on. And we desperately want to run off that path or turn around and walk back, but we can't. As some of you might know, in mine and Stanley's life. We've been through some pretty tough times. Just over, or just coming up 10 years ago, we lost our little girl Summer, who was stillborn at full term. Around the same time, we had a really big um, change of job and ministry position, 
and it really shook a lot of our identity and what we felt like we were bringing to the world. And in the past few years, we've had friends pass away, we've had years of infertility, and we've had gone through a couple of miscarriages. And these events have put me on a pathway that I never asked to be on. They've put me on a walk and a journey that I never expected. And you know what? These significant disappointments, the pain, the grief, it's led me on a journey of learning how to walk through it with God. To keep walking, to not walk away. I was determined that I wasn't going to walk away from God. And as Stanley said, we're on our fourth week of speaking about the Psalms. And we didn't want to let this series go by without having some space to talk about a third of the Psalms, which are the Lament Psalms. And actually, they're incredibly helpful in helping us walk through some really tough issues. So, what is lament? It's not really a word that we use today. The definition of lament is to grieve, to sorrow, to complain, to bring our emotional honesty to God, openly expressing how we are feeling before him. And I'm really aware this year that many of us are facing situations of pain or disappointment, a feeling of being let down. Perhaps it's job loss or financial worries. There's a lot of anxiety and fear going around at the moment. Perhaps there's relational difficulties in your world, in a marriage or in a, um, with your children. Perhaps your children are making decisions that are causing great pain. We may have lost someone who we were believing for, for breakthrough, like Dean and Joe talked about last week. We may be battling with a long-term health issue. We may be holding on in prayer for something, and we have been holding on for months and months or years or years, and we haven't seen the breakthrough. Well, what I love about the Lament Psalms is they actually give us a model. They give us a guideline of how to pray through these really tough times. They give us a framework to communicate with God. So we're going to talk about just some of the key elements of the Lament Psalms this morning. But first, let's read one of the great Lament Psalms of David in Psalm 13, and I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. I'm hurting, Lord. Will you forget me forever? How much longer, Lord? Will you look the other way when I'm in need? How much longer must I cling to this constant grief? I've endured the shaking of my soul. So how much longer will my enemy have the upper hand? It's been long enough. I love David. He's so good. Take a good look at me, God, and answer me. Breathe your life into my spirit. Bring light to my eyes in this pitch black darkness, or I will sleep the sleep of death. Don't let my enemy proclaim I've prevailed over him, for all my adversaries will celebrate when I fall. Lord, I have always trusted in your kindness, so answer me. I will yet celebrate with passion and joy when your salvation lifts me up. I will sing my song of joy to you, the Most High. 
For in all of this you have strengthened my soul. My enemies say that I have no saviour, but I know that I have one in you. The first really important part in lamenting is this invocation and complaint, crying out honestly to God. Now, invocation, that's just a fancy word for calling upon God. You know, instead of complaining to the person next to us or, or calling upon someone else or, or not calling, an invocation, calling upon God, and then complaint, well, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. I'm hurting, Lord, David says. I have constant grief. Another example, Psalm 22. My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. Or Psalm 6. My soul is in deep anguish. It's a crying out honestly to God of what we're feeling. I've remembered times in great loss where I've wondered if I'm actually allowed to talk to God like this. There have been times that I've been so angry with God and so angry and let down and felt so betrayed and I just, I can't keep it in. I have to let it out. Can we be this honest with God? When you've been in one of those tough times, it might not be my story, but I'm, we've all been through tough times of disappointment or disillusionment. Have you really been able to let loose your emotions to God like David does? God, where are you? I'm in this pain. It's all consuming. It's overwhelming. Where are you, God? Do you know what? Sometimes in our Christian world, we think it's not okay to express pain and disappointment to God. To be a good Christian, I know I got brought up like that. We have to be a witness. We have to always be happy. We have to be joyful. We have to just name it and claim it and, you know, put up this mask. Well, did you know that there are 42 psalms of lament? Like I said, it's over a third of the psalms. Not only that, over half of the psalms have lament material in them. And lament is actually pervasive through the whole of the Old Testament. Job, 32 chapters of lament. And what about lamentations? There's a whole book named after lament. So for those of us that are thinking that God is not okay with lamenting, with invoking and complaining and honestly expressing our emotions to him, I think that just the fact that he put this many examples in the Bible is really encouraging and is a great indication that God is with us in our pain and in our lament and that we are allowed to. In fact, we need to. Lament is the honest language of faith. And the function of a lament psalm, the reason that it's in the Bible, is to provide a structure for us to pray through crisis, to pray through despair, to connect with God in our deepest human emotions. There's been some things that I've said that I have actually wondered if I've shocked God. But we won't shock him if we 
tell him how we really feel because he knows what's going on inside us anyway. And do you know what? We do nothing good for, by pretending. You know, when I was walking along with Stanley and I was really angry, the first thing I did was I tried to stuff those feelings. I tried to pretend they weren't there. And do you know what? It completely put a barrier up between me and him. You know, we were walking along and instead of talking about the things that young lovers do, I was just standing like, I was walking like this. There was no communication and there was no connection. Have you found the same thing? When you're holding things inside, when you refuse to talk about it, when you wear a mask, it creates a barrier between you and the people you're in relationship with. Well, how much more so with God? He knows what's going on. He knows how confused we are. He knows the pain that we're feeling. And if we don't acknowledge it to God, there will be a barrier. One writer even calls it a spiritual sickness. If we are unable to emotionally express these things to God, if we hide. Pete Gregg wrote one of my favorite books called God on Mute, and he says this, the thing that keeps God out of our lives is not sin. It is our compulsion to pretend, to cover, to hide. When we open our hearts to be honest to God in prayer, he is totally unfazed. Lamenting is more than just venting emotion. It is one of the fruits of a deepening spiritual life. You see, that's the thing. If we can't openly express our emotions to God, we're not going to grow deeper in our relationship with him. Honest lament expresses a vibrant faith that has learned to embrace life's hardships as well as its joy and bring everything, everything to the Father in prayer. It is in his despair that the psalmist really reveals the nature of his special relationship with God, honesty, even to the point of anger. You know what, I believe God would much rather us engage with him and his emotion, in our emotion and in our pain, than not engage with him at all. So I want to encourage you with, no, with whatever you're going through, whether it's a big disappointment or just a little thing, bring your emotions, bring your lament, bring it to God. Don't let there be a barrier there. God understands. He knows. Allowing ourselves to lament in this way is actually an act of courage. You know how I was talking about that pathway? It's walking into the pain. It's not turning around and walking away. It's not just stopping and getting stagnant. It's actually deciding I'm going to walk this journey with God. And God is big enough for it. He's big enough for our big emotions. So in our pain and our disappointment, let's remember to firstly invoke and cry out to God and be honest with how we're feeling with him. You know, another key part of lament is asking for help or deliverance. David petitions God for his, for his deliverance and for his help in the situation, but he also petitions him for what's going on in his soul, for the emotions that are coming up from walking through what he's walking. When things happen that we weren't expecting or that we were really believing for and they didn't happen, it brings up some really vulnerable, scary questions, and it actually rocks the foundations of our faith. 
I felt like that when Summer died. I felt like everything I believed had cracked the foundations of my faith. And the questions that came up, why God? Why haven't you acted? Am I not good enough? Have I done something wrong? Or do you just not care? Where are you? Please help me. It's a vulnerable, scary place. And do you know what? It can feel easier to run away. It can feel easier to shut down and just move on. But do you know what? If you do that, you end up with a whole lot of no-go zones in your world. And someone says something and presses it and there's a reaction. Or there's a cynicism. Or something comes out of your mouth. I don't really believe God. Or maybe you just never pray about that. Maybe you lost someone that you were praying for healing for and you just never pray for healing anymore. You know, and so we must ask for help and deliverance when we're in this place. Because lament would say, bring God these questions. Bring God our complaint. Ask for help. Ask for his perspective. Ask him for a deliverance in this situation. Over the past few weeks, we've been asking people to send in their favourite psalms. And when Carly Hay sent hers in, I just thought this matched so well what she had to say with exactly what we're talking about this morning. So we're going to hear from Carly now. I've been asked to share a few words about a favourite psalm of mine. The psalm I'm going to refer to, I wouldn't say is my favourite as such, but it certainly has helped me to be authentic and vulnerable within my relationship with God during some very tough times. Um, in our society and especially sometimes in Christian environment, it can often feel like being in a state of severe sadness or questioning something that has occurred in your life can be only negative um, or sinful even. And that's why Psalm 6 has always been very valuable to me as it validates some of those feelings that um, can often be quite scary to engage with. Um, it gives you that permission to besiege God for an intervention or answers to tough questions like how much longer. It says in uh, verse 2 to 3, Have mercy on me, Lord, for I am faint. Heal me, Lord, for my bones are in agony. My soul is in deep anguish. How long, Lord, how long? And then it says in verse 6, I am worn out from my groaning. All night long I flood my bed with weeping and drench my couch with tears. And then I love this four where it says, Turn, Lord, and deliver me. Save me because of your unfailing love. So what's required to extract me from this painful place is not my own strength and efforts, but it's his unfailing love. And in verse 9 it says, The Lord has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord accepts my prayer. I just love that confirmation that my tears and agony are in itself a prayer that is as pleasing to God as my joyous worship and adoration. So good, Carly. Thank you. I love how Carly says, the Psalms give us permission to beseech God for an intervention or answers to tough questions. 
Remember, lamenting is the honest language of faith. And walking with God in this way, not letting there be the no-go zones in our faith with God, brings maturity into our relationship with Him. I remember wrestling with God over um, our miscarriages, and um, it was a really long, drawn-out lament process because of what we'd already been through with losing Summer. And I came across this psalm in Psalm 84, verses 5 to 7, and it says, talking about the people of God, their lives are highways of holiness. Even when their paths wind through the dark valley of tears, they dig deep to find a pleasant pool. Where others find only pain, they grow stronger and stronger with every step forward, and the God of all gods will appear before them in Zion. You know, some people, the scripture says, find only pain. But some people dig deep in God to find a pleasant pool. I can honestly say that through my lamenting and my petitioning and my questioning, I have found a pleasant pool in God in my pain. And I really believe that you can too. It doesn't take the pain away. It doesn't take what happened away. But in God, we can find that pleasant pool when we beseech him for an answer. I'm not sure what digging deep might look like for you. For me, it's looked like different things in different situations. It's been a book that's come right at the right time, that's spoken right to my pain. It's been a lot of counselling for me. It's been a lot of prayer with friends or prayer ministry. Lots of coffees and brunches with friends and talking about the real things. It's been silence and solitude with God. It's been wrestling. In times of digging deep and in the asking, sometimes I have received deliverance. Sometimes God, and I'm sure you have, God has come through with a miraculous answer to prayer. But sometimes nothing has changed in my circumstances. But that pleasant pull for me is God's perspective on the situation. And that has made all the difference. I remember when I was walking through a loss of role and position and wrestling with that and God showing me a picture of a whole piece of land being cleared out. Well, thanks God, that was really encouraging. Yes, that is what's happened. You have cleared everything out. But him saying to me, I did this for a purpose. I did this so that you could be solid in your identity in me. It gave me perspective. It didn't make the pain go away, but I had God's perspective. You know, to dig deep for those pleasant pools, to petition God, it can be really painful. But there's an assurance of his presence in it. And we know that his goodness is with us in it. So many times we're tempted to let these areas just be no-go zones. I just want to encourage you that as we continue in this process of lament, of first of all letting our emotions out and being honest with him, and secondly, actually digging deep with him to get his perspective, I know that we can find the pleasant pools, and I know that we won't get stuck. Finally, the lament psalms always include an expression of trust and praise to God. 
I like to call it the but yets. You know, we confess our trust in God and we walk forward with him. In Psalm 22, David, after his famous, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He comes in again and again with his yet gods. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One, he says. Yet you are the one Israel praises. Yet you brought me out of the womb. You know me, God. You made me trust in you, even at my mother's breast. Yet you are my strength. So the laments always have this piece in them. Sometimes they're woven through the scripture. Sometimes they're at the end of the psalm. But they're always there. It's part of the lament. It's not just a tack on at the end. It's actually part of the process God has given us to walk through this pain well. And you know what? Sometimes it can be almost jarring. We're reading it and we're identifying it with it and then this jarring note of praise comes in. And I get that. Heck, if you're anything like me, you don't feel like praising God all the time, especially in deep agony and pain or disappointment or disillusionment. And so what I found in this part of lament is it's actually a relinquishing of control of the situation to God. You know, we hold so tightly to these things, understandably. But for me, this part of lament has been an opening. God, I can't control this. I don't understand this. But I will walk forward with faith in you. Even if I don't feel you, even if I don't hear you. It's a coming to the point of trusting God again in his goodness and in his presence with us. Lamenting in this way, this part of lamenting is expressing trust in God even when there is a seeming absence of his evidence working in this situation. When we, were, when we lost our little girl, we prayed for her health in the womb. When we found out she'd passed, we prayed that she would rise. We didn't get an answer to those prayers. When I was wrestling, I asked God for the why. Why, God, did you do this? There was no medical reason and there was no answer from God. But what I realized in that situation was that Jesus had the same experience. Do you know, in Gethsemane, he asked for the cup of suffering to be taken away. And on the cross, he cried out to God, God, why have you forsaken me? Where are you, God? But ultimately, he came to a place of surrender. He came to a place of not my will, God, but yours be done. He came to a place of trust. And ultimately, what we say in our lament when we express our trust in Him and our wrestle and our pain and our questions and our petitions, we determine just as Jesus did to come to a trust, to come to a peace, to come to an acceptance, to come to a praise. And then we can rest in the knowledge of God's love for us amidst the deepest and darkest places that we walk, His absolute, never giving up, never leaving us, never breaking love. 
and his promise of walking with us every step of the journey. And I found that God meets us in that place. When we can trust him enough, first of all, to express our deepest emotions. Second of all, to dig deep and petition with him to get his perspective. And thirdly, to keep on trusting and praising and looking to him. He meets us on this journey of lament. By giving you this structure of lament, my hope is that if you are walking through pain and disappointment, or when you do in the future, and I say when because we all will, you can know that our scriptures give us a model and a guide for how to do this with God. Anyone who's been through pain or disappointment knows that this is not a quick process. You know, and I want to mention this because sometimes we can read a psalm and go, wow, they got over it quickly. 13 verses. And we know that that's not the case. I believe that David lamented many times, and that's probably why there's so many. But it's not a one-time thing. As you lament, you'll circle back up into that pain and grief, and then you might go into the trust, and then you might go into the petitioning, and then back up into the grief and pain and expression and anger. And interestingly enough, isn't that the cycle of grief? Funnily, hundreds of years before anyone came up with God, with that, God knew. He knew what it was going to be like to walk through pain. We will do it over and over again. If we determine not to get stuck, we'll be able to keep walking that pathway forward in God, no matter what happens. Because the Lament Psalms give us this beautiful model of walking through pain over the seasons of our lives. And do you know what? When we can walk through pain and disappointment in a biblical way, we can look back and find it's often not our great achievements that are the gold. It is often our greatest pain and disappointment that God turns to gold. So we are going to worship now. Worship is so important during lament. I mean, the Psalms were worship. And I've chosen quite a confronting song, to be honest, because it's goodness of God. Because I've had times in lament where all I could do was listen to a worship song and argue with God about the words that were coming up on the screen. Well, that isn't true in my life, God. Well, I don't know if I believe that you are good. And do you know what? That's okay, because that's lament. That is connecting with God and our honest emotions. I've had times with this song where all I could do was weep and wish it was true and wish that it felt like it was true. But I did it even though I didn't feel like it because I wanted to dig deep and find the pleasant pool in God. Right through to hands lifted high, eyes lifted to God, joy, worship and praise of the goodness of God. And isn't that the process we've just been talking about? That is lament and that is worship. So no matter where you are in this process today, can 
encourage you to do that because God hears and honours our realness and our willingness to engage and connect no matter where we're at. And just before we do sing, if you are in a place of disappointment or deep pain or grief, it's really important that we lament in community. And we're in a situation that we can't necessarily do that right now this morning. But if you are in a room with someone else and you just need them to stand with you or pray with you, please reach out a hand or grab them. And if you're not, please contact us this afternoon or this week because we would love to pray with you. As we lament in community, it might mean calling up a friend, coming along to church, hopefully next week, grabbing a pastor, getting a counsellor, but let's do it with others. So I just invite the team to come and just let's sing the goodness of God and let's connect honestly and truly with our amazing Father who loves us so much. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much that you gave us a pathway of how to lament, of how to walk through pain and grief and disappointment. And you gave it to us because you want us to walk through and you want us to connect with you and you want to be with us in these times. And so I pray that wherever each one of us are at, we would be able to connect with you openly and honestly this morning and your presence would come and dwell amongst us and with us and that you would speak to us as we worship you this morning. In Jesus' name. Thanks again for tuning in to today's message. We hope and pray that it's been most helpful. If you're keen to find out more about us as a church whānau, you're welcome to go to coast.org.nz or of course we'd love to meet you in person. We meet at 10am at Aurewa College on the beautiful Hibiscus Coast and you're more than welcome. Be blessed and have a great day.